stepping back and stroking two. Bogdanovich thinking about a three. There it is. Yes! See it again. No double team help and Embiid takes it right to the rack. What's going on, everybody? Brand new episode of the th- the feet Embiid tonight, Monday night. My guy, Harlan, again for a third episode in a row, is joining me today. Kai, how are you, my my my, my good friend? I'm good, Austin Krell. How about you, my guy? No, nothing. Nothing's different. You know. Yeah. Another late night writing last night, and uh, you know it's uh, it's the same old business as usual. Yeah, I absolutely feel that, man. You know the grind of the season. We're coming down to that final stretch, man. Playoff start in a, a month, basically five weeks. That's right. That's right. So we have a lot to get down to. You know, usually in a regular season, the playoffs would be beginning next week. They would be. Yeah. So. We got five weeks left, so we're obviously a month behind there. Um, but the Sixers find themselves tied for first place with five weeks left in the regular season. They ha- they, they are locked with the Nets. The Nets have been uh, – the, they'll, they'll call it missing guys. I'll, I'll call it what it actually is, and that is load managing guys all season long. That's that, that No one cares about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. Um, in the modern NBA in some respects. So they're fighting with the Nets for that first seed. Milwaukee is three games back. So tonight what we're going to do, five weeks left in the season, 19 games left in the regular season docket. We're going to talk about how the Sixers have gotten to this point in the road ahead. And then we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to kick off with what we see out west. And, and who you like out west? I have a surprise team that I, I, that I'm going to take out west, but um, I'm curious oh, yeah. who you think is, is coming out of the west this year. Again, oh, you have a surprise team. Yeah. Again, love the uh, we, we 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 appreciate the support as always, um, and um, we 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 you know like, subscribe, rate, review, listen, watch YouTube. Um, SoundCloud if you're not an Apple user, Apple Pods if you are an Apple user. But tonight, let's, let's start off with the the how they've gotten to this point. Kai, um, I'm curious to see what you are, are seeing and and, and what uh, besides the obvious uh, Joel Embiid and you know the, the you know all that he's been this year. What has gotten them to this? point? What has gotten them to this point, honestly, I, I think it's the fact that there's actually oh, the good roster around Joel and Ben, a roster that actually fits around what those two guys do. You know, Danny Green – and Danny Green has been like a really underrated part of all of this. Because I remember everybody in the beginning of the season when he got off to that slow start, I mean, everybody was killing him. Oh, my God, Danny Green, he's terrible. He's, a, he's the guy who missed a shot in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Oh, he sucks. And it's like, dude, no, Danny Green has been – he does this for a living. This guy is a shooter, a proven veteran. Like, no, knock it off. I think Austin, he's shooting like 47% from deep 
since the all-star break. Like he's been absolutely terrific. I think his presence has been huge. Seth Curry, even though Seth really hasn't been able to really get into a groove really since he came back from COVID, he's really been up and down, but uh, that's a really huge thing to have on this team. Um, Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers has done wonders. I think Austin, just from uh, a culture standpoint, um, an accountability standpoint, and really getting these guys to really play well. That's probably what I've seen the the most, other than obviously Joel being an absolute animal. You know, whenever he gets into that mode. Yeah, um, I, I, I think Nick Green has been a revelation for this team, and not even just like his production, but his durability at his age, 35, 36. Uh, he's probably younger than that. He's like 33. I don't know the exact number, but point is that he's been remarkably durable, um, and he's been consistent, and he's been really helpful for this for this group. He really has only had like one slump this year, and the rest of the time his three point shooting tremendous. Um, and you know he stepped up and played in those grueling 48 minute games they had guys missing due to COVID. So he's really been an unsung hero for this group this year. I think on the defensive side of the ball too, he's been really good with his hands in the passing lanes and perturbing guys as they attack the rim going baseline or, or, or straight line drives. Um, he's been huge for them on both ends of the court. Like a Robert Covington type, if Robert Covington were actually an all around good player, <laughs> like, uh, uh, what is he on the basis type? Um, right. for, I think Tobias Harris, not just the offensive side of, of what he's doing, his defensive side, I think, has been one of the most underrated areas of his game this year. Um, and, like, he, he isn't the most athletic guy. He's not necessarily the most agile guy. He has to stay really quick on his feet. Um, and he's strong. He's been effective, though. In, in defending and holding his own against um, you know, other lineups. And I feel like with Tobias, he has fortified this three-headed defensive monster of Joel, Ben, and Tobias. Um, they can trust him to be a positive defender. And that wasn't really the case when he first got here. Um, or it really – throughout his career prior to Philadelphia. So I think that ability to be a shot creator on the, on, on, on the perimeter and a, a score, you know, for on th- at three different levels, but also to hold his own and be a plus defensively has really helped them become this uh, remarkable defensive team that they've been this year. They were as good this year as they were advertised last year. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like it's because uh, of the roster pieces around them, though. I mean, a lot of it was um, I think a lot of guys obviously played out of position last year, obviously. Um, Tobias is a four. You know, he can play the three for some stretches, but he is a four. And that's why this year he's been terrific on both ends of the floor. Um you touched on it a little bit offensively, but you know, really going into what he brings to the floor defensively, he has been terrific on that end. He locked up Julius Randle pretty pretty damn good in their matchups with the Knicks. And Randall, you know, I feel like Harris should have had Randall's all-star spot this year. I, I'm just going to come out and say it. I feel like Harris should have taken his spot. I feel like Harris should have taken Nikola Vucevic's spot as well. Like, either one of those guys. Like, you know, whatever. Tobias has been absolutely terrific this year. And, and it's because, Austin, he's put in a spot where he can succeed. You know, with, with Jimmy – 
uh, when when he first got here, really he was pretty much just asked to stand in the corner and shoot threes, right? Then last year, Jimmy's gone, JJ's gone. Now they're asking him to be their closer, their best three point shooter to space the floor, and they're also asking him to play you know legit defense on the other end. That's a lot to ask. This year they. Uh, they finally got shooters. They finally moved Tobias back to his natural position at the four, and they're reaping the benefits of it because there's a lot that this guy can do on the floor. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think like the one thing that he's really improved upon that even when his athleticism can kind of limit him sometimes, not the fastest, you know, not the biggest, not the most agile. Um, I think what has really helped him is timing on the defensive end of the floor. He's had a lot of those plays where, you know, the guy goes up with it and he strips it off his leg and out of bounds, or he'll strip it and the guy won't like, like, like fumble the shot, fumble the ball. Um, I think Tobias has been really good at that this year. I also think that he's been with like timing deflections and blocks at end of shot clocks. He's, he's really, um, you know, he, he's been disciplined in that he's not committing like late, brain dead fouls um, and he's in knocking the ball away at the right time. And I think that has been so huge um, for this team, because even though their defense, their offense hasn't been like the top rated offense in the NBA, their defense has been elite. Terrific. Yeah. All, all season long. So I think that's really how this team has asserted itself as a number two, number one seed. I also just think that, they've been one of the more consistent teams out of all the teams in the East. Like the Bucks have been up and down yeah. starting to, you know, get this one, get in the swing. Celtics have been miserable. Um, I have been up and down with COVID stuff. Um, I mean, hell, the, 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 the Hornets are, are the four seed right now. The Hawks are the four seed. Yeah, exactly. Right now are the eight seed. So, I mean, the, that means that there are teams that should be playing well that aren't and that are falling by the wayside. Um, right now, if you if the playoffs started today, the Sixers would be the one seed. They would play the Knicks in the first round, and then in the second round, they'd play one of the Hornets or the Hawks. I think it's the Hawks. Wow! So that's what you're looking wow. at. That's what you're looking at. What What would you bet the odds are they get to the conference final? Uh, if it's if it stays out like that. If it, if it stays like that, then yeah, they're going to the conference finals easily. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that would be incredible. And then the Nets are going to fight with the 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 Nets Bucks. Will fight with the Bucks, yeah, for, for, to get there. So it would be a blood bat. It'd be a, it'd, be, it'd be a battle between Milwaukee and and Brooklyn. Who knows? Maybe Milwaukee pulls it off. Probably not, but we'll see. And then if not, maybe the Nets are tired, and that's an exhausting series. Durant's playing down a spot or up a spot to try to defend Giannis. I tire him out a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not fantasizing. I'm just saying that I think it's possible. I um, feel like. I feel like though, if you were to like kind of look back, I think like there were a couple times where the team that swept their first two playoff series, at least recently, they I seem to always. Yeah, they seem to always trip up in the conference finals. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, the the biggest examples that point out to me are the 05 Heat, who they swept their first two rounds, but then lost to Detroit in Game Seven in the conference finals. And then I think it was the 09 or no, the 2010 Magic. When they came off that uh, NBA Finals run, the 2010 Magic swept Charlotte round one. Then they swept Atlanta round two. 
And then they found themselves down three games to none to Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2010. They ended up losing that series in six. So um, that was the Vince Carter year when Carter played for Orlando. So, uh, you, you know, I, I always feel like you should always be challenged early. You're right, because, because Charlotte got in with Gerald Wallace. And Steven Jackson, yeah. yeah. And then Cleveland was up as like the one seed, and they lost to Boston in the second round. And then it was Boston, Orlando, and and, and Boston, Orlando. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Boston went up three games to none in that series, which yeah. which everybody was like, "Yo, what the hell?" You know, what I'm saying this Magic team just made the yeah. Eastern, just made the NBA Finals the year before, and they added Vince Carter, and they just swept the first two rounds. Yet they find themselves down 0-3. So uh, for me, I always I always feel like it's better. Um, I always feel like it's better to just like kind of be challenged early before that yeah. conference final round. Okay. Um. So you know what that series was. That was the, I still, still think about that series. That was the iconic. Uh, Jay Will goes to get goes to the loose ball. Rondo reaches yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Picks it up and lays it up and in. And that was yeah, like, that's that one. All that hustle play to end all hustle plays right there. Um, and that was like sort of like what set the tone. And that and then LeBron leaves, leaves all that. Um, right. But yeah, no, I, you are right. I think it's better to have a little bit of even if the fans have to sweat it out a little bit. Especially in Philadelphia, that means like, 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 like in your own existence. Um, yeah, right. But, but, um, I think it is better to have a, a little bit of that adversity, a little bit of that challenge, um, in that first round or so. I do think though there is something to be said for the Sixers get off their feet as much as possible. They, yeah. you know, the, the starters aren't required to play forty-eight minutes a night. To, uh, to you know, to, to, to give them a chance to win, if the Sixers win, you can, you can get that that one seed. And, and you know, assuming the standing sort of maybe they rearrange in some order, but generally speaking, they're, they're there. Um, I, I do like their I do like their chances to get to the fi- the conference finals. The only thing that I think could really be a little bit challenging is like so the playing tournament is a seven, eight, nine, ten this year. I think that means that the Celtics. The Heat would also be playing with the Knicks. So I, there thought, is, I, I thought the Heat were the sixth seed. They're, they're not. I'll have to look it up. But I, I do think there is a little bit of like diciness, like like um, be careful what you wish for type thing there. Um, a little bit. I feel like I feel like Austin if Philadelphia were to play New York round one, like let's just say they play the Knicks, right? Um, I feel like the Knicks oh, will give right. them. You're right. So the, the Heat would play the Bucks in round one. So yeah, I thought so. Right now. Celtics would play the, the Nets round one, and then the Knicks. It, it, the Sixers would, would play one of the Celtics, uh, the Knicks, the Pacers, and the Bulls right now. Honestly, Austin, I feel like if let's just say it's the Knicks, right? Like let's just say kind of things to stay the way they are, and it's Sixers Knicks. And I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, it's the Knicks," you know, they should sweep them. And I think New York could actually. I feel like New York could get a game though. I feel like the Knicks could definitely at least get a game there, just because yeah. the Knicks the Knicks challenged them. All three games were close, and especially yeah. these these last two. The one in Philadelphia, they needed Tobias Harris to kind of go off and really close that game out down the stretch, and then they really struggled against them up in uh, MSG a couple days later, uh, March twenty first. They needed overtime. And in overtime, they needed Danny Green to just like make every single three pointer, plus a random awkward floater that he just randomly threw up oh, there. 
And then Tobias got fouled late. He makes the free throw. Sixers escape with a one-point win. So, yeah, the Sixers would beat the Knicks. It wouldn't even – it would either be a sweep or maybe even five games, but the Knicks would definitely challenge the hell out of them all, all those games just because of how physical they are. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that, that was, that wild game was when Tobias's hand went up after the foul and, and he bricked both freebies and then Julius Randall comes down, ties at that absurd corner. Julius Randall has, been, has missed a lot of butt shots this year. That was a, that was a hell of a shot he made in, in that game. The sins overtime. Yeah. I, honestly, I, honestly, I got Kawhi vibes with that shot. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, oh, man. Wow. Um, so that's what they're looking at. Uh, you know, that's, really, that's really, they've, they've, how they've gotten to this point, and that will be their playoff path right now. And I got to tell you that I can see why they desperately want that one seed. That's a vastly different path than being the two seed in the conference right now. Right now, that means that, I mean, Celtics, uh, and then that means the – you know, the, the, the bucks or something of that variety. So that's definitely going to be a, uh, a war for that, 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 that the difference between a one and a two seed in this, in this year. Now let's take a look at the road ahead. Um, they have a quite frankly, brutal schedule coming up um, over the, over the next couple games. They are in Dallas tomorrow playing the Mavericks. The Mavericks have been sort of sputtering all season long. They're fighting the good fight and trying to stay relevant. They're probably, you know, sixth or seventh team in a, a Western conference that's basically got five teams that are in it for, for contention. Um, so they have Dallas and they come home for Brooklyn, home for the Clippers, home for the Warriors, home for the Suns. Uh, then a, a, a two-game trip in Milwaukee back-to-back, or Thursday, then Saturday in Milwaukee. By the way, all six games are on national – or no, all seven games on national television. So they have seven games in a row on national TV. That's going to be a hell of a schedule. Um, That's really going to be the the, the story of who this team is. Did they beat up on – bad teams in the first part of the year or what where or are they real um they do have a couple you know real wins to their credit i would say like the, the utah game the utah game was was one of them the lakers game was another one um but really like the i mean i guess the celtics game in boston was one of them because they they played jason tatum finally um but i mean that's that's phoenix is a very 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 good team uh, the Nets are the Nets, obviously. We'll see if one or any of the Nets are on PTO that day. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, find right. Out. We'll find out. Um, I mean, the Clippers, tough. Golden State, Curry's tough, but after that, not not much. Um, and then, of course, the two Milwaukee Prove Yourself games. So that's a really, really, really tough stretch for anybody, really. Um, and I think, obviously, the, they, they gave – Danny gave Tobias off last night because they wanted to get them ready for, you know, that stretch. And they've been two of the most available players all season long for this team. They've missed like what, one or one or two games, if that. Um, I think last night was Danny's first missed game of the year. And I know Tobias missed some time because of the uh, the protocols in January. But also I think he like hurt his knee and missed two games. After oh the- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so, so, 
that that would so so you know they they've been two of the most available players, but um, they got they got I mean they, they didn't need them to beat Oklahoma City the other night. Yeah, uh, teams one of the better tanking teams I think I've ever seen. They were thirty two. They're a joke, but they're not that big. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so obviously the health is going to be major, major, major uh, in this stretch. Really, this is where you need Ben Simmons to come to play. Um, and How many times have we said that, though? <laughs> I know. And I, uh, I read Kyle mm-hmm. in the all the time, and one of the points he said he's made recently is, at what point do we stop saying, like, I'm surprised by this and more accept that this is just the norm now? Exactly. At least um, and I, I, you know, I, he made a couple jumpers last night. Um, and so I, I don't expect that anything's going to start miraculously clicking there, but I, I think Joel makes a good point. Like you have to make them guard you. Now, Joel's a smart guy. He's really a smart guy. Um, I, 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 I mean, they're not going to guard Ben. There's, 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 there's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Why would you ever play up on him when he wants to drive past you. He wants you to play up on him. You're going to make him make shots all, all the all, all the time. So right. uh, they're, they're never going to guard him, but he might as well use that space and and do something with it that's productive rather than slinging passes. But I've been going back and rewatching some of their games recently, um, you know, during this stretch. And every game, there's like three or four times where Ben drives to the lane, has a he has a as Mark Zimoff would say, a pathway to glory. And then he's throwing it behind his head and regressing the basketball back up to the perimeter instead of progressing it towards the door, towards the rim. Just how many times have we seen that though? And and, and it's just it gets a lot of it gets real frustrating because Simmons with the with the amount of skill that he has and the size that he has should be averaging like twenty to twenty five a night easily. You know, yeah. because does he's so much bigger than everybody else? He's so much stronger than everybody else. If he had the mindset of just going up and just dunking on people, then, you know, he, he would be, it would just, it would take his game to another level. And I feel like that's really going to kind of be a big detriment come playoff time. Now, I mean, it does help now that they have guys like Seth and Danny around them to where like teams really have to pay attention to Seth and Danny. And, you know, maybe they won't be able to pack the paint as much, but it's just like, there, there's a reason why, he struggled so much against Boston in 2018. There's a reason why he struggled so much against Toronto in 2019. I think he only had really one good playoff game against Toronto in 2019. It was game six, you know, to force that game seven. He really wasn't good in that series, at least offensively. To his credit, he stepped up when he needed him the most. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He did play well in that game six. They needed him the most. You are right about that. <laughs> I mean, they did have a chance to go up three to one in that series. And he, yeah. was, he, was, he was MIA in game four. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was MIA in Game Four, and I mean, like, let's be real. Toronto won that game because Kawhi, you know, he he made some ridiculous shots, you know, to really, you know, clinch that game for the Raptors. But it's just like I'm, like, when it comes to Ben, I'm not really sure what to really expect of him past round. But once they play the elite teams, because you know, what I'm saying you can you can get away with that against New York, um, you know, in round one. And then in round two, depending on who they play, I mean, I think the Heat are going to move up to four or five. I don't think the Hawks and the Hornets are going to be the four or five seeds when it's all said and done. Um, but let's just say they play. Let's just say they do play Miami round two, and you got to go up against a guy like Eric Spolstra. And I will say this, Austin: Sure, Philadelphia beat Miami in 2018, 
But I believe Eric Spolstra coached circles around Brett Brown in that series. The Sixers won that series in five because they were the much more talented team. They had the better team just from top to bottom, and they, you know, they beat them in five. And if Dwayne Wade was four years younger, who knows? Maybe maybe he wills them, you know, to, to that series win because he should. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> remember, Wade won Game Two in Philadelphia. Like Wade stole Game Two on the road. And I, he almost they were won. up like 16 in the fourth quarter, and the Sixers came back and tied that game. And then Dwayne Wade stole the ball from Ben and laid it up and in. Exactly. And they left. Exactly. And then do you remember the step back jumper to really seal it? I mean, like, like, like yeah. if Wade, if Wade was four yeah. years younger, then who knows? But that, that series, they trailed by double digits in four of the five games. And they, I think so. I think you're right. They never trailed in game. I don't think they ever trailed by like more than. Points in game, in game five, but game one they were down like twelve. Game two they were down sixteen. Game three they're down twelve. Game four they're down twelve. They were down double digits the entire series and, and ended up winning it in the fourth quarter of their games. Um, but yeah, because you, they were the better team. Yeah, like they just they, had better talent. Yeah, they were right. the most talented team for sure. And I feel like if Philadelphia were to match up with Miami this time around, I would still take the Sixers because again they're just they're the more talented team in this case. But the Heat just have – they would definitely push the push the hell out of that team, though. Between Jimmy, Bam, uh, if, if Oladipo is healthy, he obviously would help. And just the brilliance of Spolstra. Now, granted, Doc Rivers is an amazing Hall of Fame coach in his own right. So it would be interesting to see how Doc and Eric kind of go back and forth. They've obviously had their own they, – they've obviously had a lot of playoff battles when Doc was in Boston. Um, but, like, just I'm very interested to see – that matchup. Um, if, if there was any like early early playoff matchup to watch, I'd be interested in watching Philly and Miami. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I think Miami would have an advantage in that series to some degree because I think Jimmy Butler knows their two best players' weaknesses better than anybody does. I think he'd be able to exploit that. And, and, Jim, and Jimmy's know. really good with the mind games. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know who I would pick to win the series. I, I mean, more consistent team, but I think Miami would have some layer of an advantage there. I'm not saying they win the series, but I think they would be not as cut and dry as a three versus six or a two versus whatever. Um, right. First round. Um, we're going to move on real quick, but Chilla has what's up? I'll give a bit of extra nose. Appreciate you. I have gotten into those film breakdown videos recently, so that they they have been a uh, a popular hit on YouTube. Appreciate you guys. Hope you keep continuing to enjoy them. Uh, Booney or Mo- I think his name is Brian Moonen. He says, "How do you guys remember everything?" I don't know. It's sad. I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, else? I, I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I do know what happened in the 2018 playoffs. For the <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, it's, it's sad, but here we are. So let's go over to the West. Now, the West, as it's currently constructed, it's a very fascinating uh, standing at this moment. Right now, it's Utah first, Phoenix second, LA third, Denver fourth, LA Lakers fifth, Blazers sixth, Dallas seventh, Memphis eight, nine, ten um, is... uh, San Antonio and Golden State, and the Pelicans are a game and a half back of that, um, you know, the other playing game. So give me your top five teams in the West. 
in order? Um, I don't know because like right now the Lakers aren't healthy. But if LeBron and AD are healthy, then they're the, then they're my top team in the West. Um, you know, I'm just going to assume guys are healthy. If, if guys are healthy, Lakers are one. Um, two, Austin, I would have to say Denver. Like, I, I'm really digging the hell out of this Nuggets team. And I know they just blew a huge lead to Boston, and the Celtics went on some crazy 40-8 to eight run uh, to end that game. But uh, I, I really love that Nugget team. Um, I would say the Clippers, three. I would say the Jazz, four, and the Suns, five. Wow. Okay. So your pick to come out of the West, then, would be the Lakers. It's still the Lakers. If LeBron and AD are healthy going into the playoffs, you are not beating LeBron James and Anthony Davis four times in seven games. It's not happening. Okay. Does number one, the high ankle sprain bother worry you a little bit? Because that isn't your typical ankle sprain. That's a thing that I mean, look at football players. That that, that lingers for months. It happened to Lane Johnson and he he wasn't right for the rest of this. I think for the for the following season, he wasn't right. Yeah, you're right. The high ankle sprain is definitely concerning as hell. It is definitely concerning, but I mean, just they're they're both so talented, and you know, Le- LeBron is LeBron. I just feel like at this point, the guy is just like um, he's made a titanium, like like he he just he just goes out there and plays. I know he's really been hit by some injuries while with the Lakers so far. I remember the injuries cut short that first season, um, and then obviously this is third year with LA, and he's still getting he. You know, some injuries hit here and there, but getting older, Father Time is undefeated. But he's in his 18th year and he's still putting up just like ridiculous numbers. And I would have to, like, if he's healthy and ready to go, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not betting against LeBron James, basically. I refuse to. I would generally agree with you. However, this is how I would rank my five in the West. Okay. Assuming health. Yeah, assuming health. <laughs> Number one, the Lakers. I'll give the champs their credit. For sure. Number two, the Phoenix Suns. Really? I love everything about the Suns. I'll explain why. Okay. My three, Denver. Okay. My number four, Utah, number five, Clippers. Wow, you got the Clippers down low. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, listen, I, I think you won't ever see a more, like, in-your-face example of why having a point guard matters than Clippers. Well, I mean, um, they went out and got Rondo. Yeah, they did. But – I just feel like I, I don't I don't trust them because Kawhi. I mean, I think the Kawhi playoff run in Toronto was not really an indication of who Kawhi. Like that that was his peak. I, I don't think he's the player that he's that he was since that run. You agree? I don't know, man. Because I mean, if you look at his Clipper numbers, it's not like he's not producing. Like he's still producing at a very very high level. No, of, of course he is. Of course he is. But he's not like this robotic, unstoppable force of nature <laughs> that he was at Toronto uh, um, in that playoff run. And I will agree with that. I'll give you that. Okay. I mean, 
I feel like we saw signs of that last year because everybody wants to get on Paul George. But Kawhi was terrible in that game seven, too. Like, if you yeah, look at Kawhi's numbers in that game seven against Denver, it's like garbage. Like, the numbers were just absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, I, I can get with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, then, like, Paul George, I think, excellent regular season player. He's, been, he's really answered a lot of the criticism in this regular season. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season with the Clippers. No one's impressed by that anymore. Exactly. It's all about what, what you do in the playoffs. Right. So, so as of now, I don't trust him. Um, who is their big man? Like Serge Ibaka is, is a stretch four, stretch five. Um, can he really match up with other teams' bigs? And I think my, just my major concern with the Clippers is like, who is their leader? It, I, I don't think Kawhi is that old. I don't think um, Paul George is, 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 has that respect in the locker room. Is it Rondo? Is Rondo really your leader? Is, you know, is, Ty, is Tyron Lou prepared to put this team in the playoffs? Um, have they had enough time together in the regular season? I mean, I mean, I mean, it ha- it, it, there's one of the two always missing the entire time. I don't know. With the Teron Lou thing, I'm a Teron Lou guy. Okay. Because, like, I feel like Teron Lou deserves a ton of credit for, you know, what happened in Cleveland. Obviously, he had LeBron James. I get it. But I've read so many, like, stories and reports. I think ESPN put one out. I think a bunch of guys from the Cleveland Plain Dealer put stuff out about how Teron actually really managed LeBron and managed to at least get the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? The respect and the attention of both LeBron and Kyrie. And I think that's incredibly impressive to get those two guys on your side because we all know LeBron's history of just like, you know, coaches and things like that. We all remember that – remember that report that came out that LeBron emasculated David Blatt? So, I mean, like if Teron Lou, you know, kind of turned that around, all right, you know – so I feel like you could do the same thing at LA with Kawhi and Paul George. So I'm very interested to see what they do come playoff time with Lou as head coach. Imagine getting emasculated, just ha- having your, <laughs> your man, your, like your manhood revoked by LeBron. right by LeBron James. <laughs> You're not good enough. Stand down. Okay, whatever you say. Like, um, all right. Now here is why I am picking the Nuggets to come out of the West. And wait, I, wait, you're picking Denver? Okay. No, 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 no. I meant, I meant Phoenix. Here's why. Oh, I you're, picked, wait, you're picking Phoenix to make the finals? Yes, come out of the West. I love that team. Wow. I think, okay. have, I think they have a great, great, great balance of playmaking from either guard spot. Um, I think their leader is their best player. Chris Paul, and I think they have this right, this, this this even balance of like guys who don't need the ball to be effective in in Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges. They have good two way wings in those two guys. They also have Jay Crowder, who's been huge for them. Um, and I think Aiton's really stepped up a lot for them as well. Like he's he he sees his role with this team, and he buys into it. Yeah. And to get him to real, I mean, he's improved to a degree that I don't know I would have foreseen uh, out of him 
given like some of the limitations and the knocks against him coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, like he's really bought in as a, as, as a rebounder, as a, you know, a capable scorer, still not a great defender, but yeah. I, I mean, their first five is really, really, really good. Their bench has, has some worries. Like Cameron Payne's a, a gamble come playoff time. Uh, yes. is going to be a big role player for their bench. And Dario, I, I, the homie. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how that works, but I think they have this really interesting and effective combination of youth and veteran leadership. So they have that they have the horses to play these long battles. Um, they have a lead guard that has seen everything in the NBA. Yeah, um, and I, I I just like their mix, and I think assuming health. They are the team that's gonna come out of the West. Now, see, for me, I don't trust Phoenix just yet because um, none of those guys have playoff experience outside of Chris Paul and you know Dario. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Devin are you Booker. saying Dario is not good enough to be one of your playoff leaders? <laughs> Dario's got Dario's got five games of uh, not five, ten playoff games under his belt. Good sir, first of all, he has nine. You're right, ten, ten, ten. Yeah, he's ten. got ten. Both yeah. of those series were five. Um, but, I mean, Devin Booker's never been to the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton's never been in the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson. These guys have never been to the playoffs. They've never understood what it takes to kind of get to the playoffs. I feel like if Phoenix were to keep their number two seed and take on a team like Dallas or Memphis, I would take Phoenix against either of those teams in a seven-game series. But then they would have to go up against a team like the Clippers or a team like um, – or or let's just say even the Lakers even. Like let's just say it's, it's them. They're, they're, not, they're not getting past either of those teams. Um, for me, my team is my, – my, my team to come out of the West is the Lakers if they're healthy. But if they're not and they're still dealing with some hobbling injuries and it hobbles them in the playoffs, I'm taking Denver. Uh, okay. Okay. I I get why. Yeah. I, I, I've been really, really excited by and impressed with uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s yeah, me too. Uh, breakout this year. He's been electric. He's been a tremendous – he had a terrible game today, but he's giving them like double-doubles basically almost every game, um, averaging 20 for the season. Uh, he he makes – Unbelievably difficult threes. I mean, hands in his face. He does. He, he does. But my thing with Denver is, and I have to give a ton of credit to Aaron Gordon because he's he's finally found a, a role that sit that fits him. The Magic were asking him to do way too much in Orlando. He is not a franchise guy. He's not. He is a perfect number four guy on your starting lineup who can contribute around, you know, your star, in this case, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And he plays good defense. He rebounds well. And he plays a very, very good role for Denver. Uh, I even said that before he got drafted, too. I was like, if the Magic think Aaron Gordon is going to turn their franchise around, absolutely not. So, yeah. Well, uh, you have got a, a, a date with the controller pretty soon. Playing zombies, is that right? You got the Xbox One? No, I got Xbox Series S, man. I got the new, the new, the next gen console. I just ordered it. It just came. Oh wow, that! So it's, it's 
It's Xbox Next Gen. Is that what it is? It's Xbox Series. Either you either get Series X or Series S. I went with the Series S because I don't play too many video games. I play like one or two, so I don't need like a lot of data storage. Yeah. And and it's also the digital version. And so is, so, that, is that like the equivalent of the PlayStation Five? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the next gen console or whatever. I'm still my PS Five. We'll we'll get there eventually. Kai, he covers the Sixers for the Sixers Wire. He's one of the best writers we got there. He's one of my best pals on the beat. Yes, sir. Uh, I cover the Sixers of the Painted Line, as you guys all know. Kai, thanks for joining me again. You can find him on Twitter at Kai underscore Carlin, where he talks about superheroes and the Sixers a lot. <laughs> and he also, on Instagram, he likes to bitch about the about about the uh, Detroit Lions a ton, too. And their, uh, I know. And their quarterback situation. Uh, Kai, as always, thank you for joining me. See you next week for another episode of the Feed to Embiid, everybody. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Later.